Welcome to Chapter 6 on this audio series on solving problems with technology. I'm your host, Toby, for this chapter on iteration. So let's get started. We all have this innate desire to make things better. It's just how we're wired. And because we often want to do things quickly, one of our biggest temptations is to try and solve problems all at once. But the reality is, the biggest challenges are often solved iteratively, one step at a time. Every generation builds on the one that came before. When you look at your smartphone, it's worth remembering that it probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the original talking telegraph from the 1870s. In this chapter, we're going to talk about the value of working iteratively. In the world of technology and business, we often see the end result of a project without understanding the number of people involved or seeing the many small steps it took to get there. For example, When you turn a key to start your car, you're tapping into a complex system that's been designed, developed and iterated for over 130 years. Henry Ford couldn't have just jumped into designing the latest Mustang. He just took the first step, and we've been iterating ever since. Biting off small chunks and learning as you go gets to big outcomes over time. While it seems slower to start with, the cumulative impact grows. In technology, We're constantly building on other people's efforts, which is why iterative development is baked into so many popular project management methodologies, including Agile. Agile is all about focusing on small cycles, where work is planned, designed, delivered and taken to market in small chunks of time. Each cycle produces a small but complete piece of work. One of the reasons why Agile works when it's done well is that building iteratively helps build trust. As in many areas of life, relationships and trust play an important role in the creative process. Starting any new relationship or project is always hard, so getting some early runs on the board can help build trust and take your stakeholders on a journey. Communicating clearly and often with stakeholders and agreeing on the next steps can also help you stress test your assumptions together and respond to your customers' evolving needs. Working iteratively lets you get feedback from users and stakeholders early in the process to ensure you're on the right track. You don't want to do this too late, as you might have already made some irreversible decisions. If you've worked in software development, you've probably seen a range of agile processes that range from great to terrible. One of the main problems is when people blindly follow the rituals of agile without fully understanding why. There are plenty of examples, and I won't list them all here, but let's take the example of the daily stand-up meeting. Stand-ups are designed to be short and dynamic. That's why they're called stand-ups. They're supposed to be quick enough that you don't need a seat or even a meeting room. Yet many agile teams have long daily meetings where everyone is sitting down. They tend to become a catch-all for any and all outstanding conversations. This is not the intention, misses the point, and gets in the way of valuable work. So how do you make sure your iterations are effective? When you start a technology project, there are a lot of choices to make. The first question to ask is, what's the smallest chunk of work we can deliver that will provide the most value to our users? In fact, this is a question we continually ask ourselves throughout the process. There are usually lots of chunks that could provide value. As is often the case, choosing what to build first comes down to balance. 
We have to balance the time and effort required with the potential value to our users and customers. Another area we need to find balance is deciding when to invest time and energy into creating something new versus when to unlock the potential of what already exists. For example, sometimes when we start working with an organization, there's an existing solution that no longer meets the need and the business want to replace it. The first question we ask is, are there parts of the existing solution that can be salvaged, tweaked, or refactored to help us get to a desired business outcomes quickly? Other times, you might need to start afresh, perhaps because the problems are deeply ingrained, the business goals are simply not attainable with the current technology, or the solution is on a burning platform. If and when you do need to build a new element, or an entire solution, you need to decide when to build something bespoke. For example, if you're rethinking your sofa situation, do you go to the second-hand store, buy direct from a manufacturer, or do you contact a designer and have one designed from scratch? Yet another option could be to reupholster the one you already have. All of these have their place, it just depends on your intentions and the amount of time or money you want to invest in the project. And it's worth remembering, iteration applies to both the product you're making and the process you're using to make it. It's important to regularly review the way you're working because when you regularly monitor and tweak your processes, you can optimize your efficiency and output. While iterative development is all about building something in valuable small chunks, it works best when you have a clear big picture vision. Try not to lose sight of your intentions or your small chunks might not ladder up into a coherent product. So in summary, by starting small, working iteratively and taking people on a journey, you can create valuable solutions that meet the original intentions. And if not, continue iterating or iterate the intentions themselves. So that was chapter six on iteration. We've only really scratched the surface here. For more detail on the ideas we've discussed and for additional resources to help you iterate, check out our chapter notes.